1: NY, or text hope NY in New York.
2: Another ModCast. Welcome into the Auburn Live Show, the ModCast edition, plus one from last year. Got the whole crew here, Jeffrey, Cole, Keith. What's going on, fellas?
3: Oh, not much, man. Just excited to finally talk about a real football game. You know?
4: Hey, I can't hear anybody. Can y'all hear me?
5: Yeah
4: we yeah we can hear yeah. You. yeah. Everyone can see and hear you. Can really y'all
2: long. hear me? Yeah, we got you.
3: Hello? Yeah, yeah we yes. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot
2: hear anybody. Well, Do I have this muted or Can't something? Hear. <laughs> Sorry, hey we're getting the we're getting the uh-huh. uh we're getting the kinks out here in week one. Let me let me come back in. I think we should keep all this in, Zach. We should keep keep all this in.
3: Yeah, let's just roll it.
2: Yeah, we're not going to edit any of this out for Jeffrey's sake. We're not, we're going to just leave it all in. Keith's writing a story about to be up at AuburnLive.com. All right, Jeffrey's back. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. I told Zach we're leaving all that in. Got just you. to leave it all in. <laughs> Delay game, little false start on the first series of the season. Yeah. Um, all right. Happens. Well, let's let's jump into this. Keith's writing a story. He'll be he'll be kind of in minutes. But uh, hey, uh, are we starting to record? Yeah, we're recording. Damn it. So I said we're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave all that in for <laughs> fun of it. Um. Yeah, we're going, man. Game week. Game week, Auburn Mercer. How you feeling, Jeffrey?
4: Man, I'm I'm ready, dude. Obviously, I was up late last night. I was up till like 2 o'clock in the morning with these 2024s. Um, So, yeah. Mercer week. I'm excited. About, I, I'm excited, man. You know, I, I'm sick of the offseason. It's been the longest freaking offseason I can remember. I mean, really, right? Going back to February with the signing class, signing day, the junior day, the failed coup, just it was one thing after another earlier in the spring, then you get to the summer, and it was recruits, you know, miss, miss, miss for Auburn. It was roller coaster of emotion for the fans. It was tough to kind of justify people not bitching. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So I, I, I don't know that I've looked forward to a kickoff, a season opener, as much as I am for Saturday, lots of lots to look at. You know, let's see the uh, the evolution of T.J. Finley. Let's see the offensive line. Let's see the linebackers. Let's see Owen Popoe back. Let's see what this defense. I've got really high expectations for this defense. I think we all do. I think anybody that pays attention to Auburn football has a high expectation for this defense with the new coordinators, the play calling. Lot to uh, lot, lot to digest. Lot to to look at Saturday. So I'm ready, man. All right. All the new guys coming in, Camden Brown, potentially, I'm always, I've always been a big fan of him. I want to see what he's going to be able to do. So big day for me personally.
2: Yeah. You need Camden to show out, um, which it sounds like he will. What a, what a good <laughs> kid, by the way. i I've, I've just talking to him a little bit. Like y'all, you've talked to him more than I have, but pretty, pretty cool kid. I mean, pretty well-spoken. Pretty. He's cool. awesome. He's a young guy.
4: So uh, he's humble. He's yeah, very humble, grateful. Yes. He, you know, he's, he's, he's the kind of kid you want on your team. You, uh, I use this phrase sometimes for the kids that I love, but if you had 85 Camden Browns, you, you'd have a damn good
2: roster. I feel like this off season has been so you think it's been long. I feel like it's been short, but that's because off season basically just, it just, it went from season to coaching. Certain, well, that went right into yeah. spring, spring ball. And, um, I, it, it almost feels shorter to me because there wasn't as much of an off season. I don't know. It's, it was a weird. It was weird for, either way. For the team
4: guy, I could see that absolutely. For the recruiting man, when when it was like every day, it was just a long day. You know, it was. You know, Auburn had these kids on campus. They the kids said all the right things. Uh, you had it, like guys. I mean, just think, here's one example. Injury fraud comes to Auburn, he visits, he leaves. Auburn's at the top. He's not going to make a decision until December. Well, shit, man. And eight days later, he goes to Arkansas, and commits. It was it was that type of off season for for the, <laughs> the refitniks.
2: Yeah. What's up, Cole? How you
3: feeling? Uh, like I said earlier, man. I'm just ready to talk about a football game. I'm with Jeffrey. Mm. It feels like the longest. Of course, he's been doing it a lot longer than me. <laughs> so I've been asked him, like, are all off seasons like this? Is it always like this? You know, it's it's been long for me, too, man. I, I, I've just been ready to see what this second year of Brian Harsin team is going to look like. I, I, It's it's a mystery pretty much all the way around. And, and then you add T.J. Finley to the mix. I'm hoping that he has, you know, improved on some of his you know, inaccuracies and things of that nature. And I'm ready to see how he does. And I don't care who the opponent is. He's got to fix some of those things. You know, to be a good starter for Auburn, be a good quarterback. So yeah, that's the main thing I'm looking for Saturday. And and I'm with I'm with Jeffrey on the defense too. I think the defense is going to be pretty good. I don't think that they're going to be. You know, um, it's going to be hard to tell against Mercer, but moving forward, I think they're going to be pretty good too. You know.
2: Well, you mentioned it, so let's just start there. Quarterback. Um, yep. Thoughts. I mean. That's kind of where I mean it's you know I mean it's a it's either going to go great or it's just it's going to be the 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 downfall of the season and maybe Brian Harson at Auburn. But um, thoughts on the quarterback fall camp? What shocked you? What surprised you? I mean, let's just talk about it.
4: The one thing that shocked me the most, I'll jump in here, Cole, because that's all I've got, is the yeah. mental breakdown of Zach Calzada. That. To me, yeah. was and this was coming from guys that watched him, and, not, and I saw one 20-minute. Y'all watched a lot more of him in the 20 minutes uh, that uh, that you guys got to see the open practice. But for me, from talking to guys who were there, and, and saw it was the uh, the lack of confidence that ultimately, from what I've gathered and reading your stuff too, Justin, lack of confidence for Zach and him falling from presumed starter to you know clipboard holder. That was shocking to me. Yeah.
2: yeah I think yep. shocking to everybody. I mean, I, I can, <clears throat> I mean, I tried to sort of allude to it, but there's a reason that I wrote about Zach in the, in this going into the summer the way I did because the internal expectations for yeah. Zach was that he was going to come in and be the starter. I'm just telling you, the coaches internally, they were telling people that in the summer, go back to late spring, summer. That was their thought as well—that Zach would come in, and that he would end up winning the job. I mean, it wasn't like they—I mean, they didn't bring him in for no reason. And so I think they're probably as surprised, maybe more so than anybody, that it went the way it did. It just—he got off to a bad start. There was a lot of things going on there, but he got off to a bad start. He never—he never recovered after that after that first scrimmage. And so, but a lot of the stuff I think was was. um off the field. And I don't mean bad. I don't, there's needing to get in trouble. I'm just saying preparation. There's things I think he could have done in the summer to catch up to TJ's command of the offense. And I you don't think know he took I, things for granted a little bit, a little bit. I think he got ahead of himself a little bit. Um, I think he's a really talented kid. And I think he just thought based on, what T.J. did last year, I mean, T.J. wasn't great. So right. I think he thought he'd come in, he'd, he'd be the better quarterback, he'd be the better passer. I think he undervalued just the understanding the offense and all the little things that Harson looks for that T.J., to his credit, has kind of mastered. I think, he, I think he undervalued the importance of getting in the playbook and get doing all that. They weren't just going to give you the job because maybe you're the better passer um, yeah. or your ceiling is higher. And I think he undervalued like all that little stuff and he came in and then the surprising part was he didn't, he didn't perform that well the first week. So then it was a combination of not just mental mistakes, but the first week, first scrimmage inaccurate. And that isn't going to get the job done. I think he was better as the camp went on as a passer, but he got himself in such a hole. But yeah, I do. I think he probably, I think he probably took it for granted a little bit. I do.
4: Hmm. You come in and you, you're, you're pretty much in the mindset that you're going to be the starter. You take that and, and and it affects you mentally when you don't prepare and perform that way. And then probably the, I don't know if it was the emergence of Robbie Ashford or, you know, a combination of the two of him and Calzada, but all I heard from about Ashford was, man, he's just so athletic. Now, his consistency, his accuracy is not where you want it to be. Yeah. But he offers such a different threat to the defense than, you know, these other two guys. And, and I wonder if Calzada thought, you know, TJ Finley's average. He was average at best last year. I just have to be a little bit above average to win this job. Yeah. And then Astro was like, no, nah, big dog. You want to beat me too.
5: Well, and not not to pile on not to pile on Zach Calzada, who who you know obviously uh, I think Cole I don't know if you were with me but I got to talk to him a little bit before Big Cat Weekend, and you know he's the nicest kid in the world and is super friendly, holds himself well just like T.J. Finley just like Robbie Ashford if we're being honest, but you know Jimbo Fisher really I don't know did he put up much of a fight when he left, and so when he left Texas A&M and so when that happened, you know, when he left A&M or it just seemed to me like, okay, what, what are people seeing in him that Jimbo doesn't see? And, you know, we can criticize Jimbo Fisher for a lot of things, but he's had three quarterbacks go, I think uh, what the first round draft picks three or four quarterbacks. So that That's his position. Now, yeah, you know, obviously A&M quarterbacks haven't been great the last few seasons, but that to me was kind of like, well, if, if this guy has everything, why would A and M let him? And I'm not saying he might not have left anyway, but he knew he wasn't going to be the starter at A and M. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I think that I feel bad for Zach in a way because the minute he landed at Auburn, the hype train really started based so off that Alabama game, and you know, but he had been inconsistent in a lot of other games. And that that's not to say he doesn't have potential. I mean, QBs by and large are inconsistent. It's the hardest position to play, but I, I just kept going back to that. You know, he wasn't going to be the starter at A&M. And why would Jimbo let him get away without a huge fight to our knowledge? Maybe behind yeah. the scenes he did put up a huge fight. I, I don't know. I know what I'm trying to say. I'm not verbalizing it that well. right? You know, now. I, no, I understand
2: what you're saying. And I'll let Cole pop in. I just want to address that because I I think that, you know, yes maybe Jimbo whether he did or didn't put up a fight I think Zach wanted a fair opportunity there he didn't think he was going to get it um, there's some things that went on there where he was injured and was willing to play the ball game there's some things that went on there internally too that kind of went into his decision to leave but you know take that out of the equation even if he's even if Jimbo Fisher doesn't think he's good enough to, to start at Texas a which I don't know that to be true I just know that he didn't think he was going to get a fair shot, whatever. He's still, he's still the Auburn situation's different. He still was looked at as talented enough to win the Auburn job. Like, you know. Sure. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. So I think that's where that's where it was a little surprising. And you're right, Zach's an awesome kid. And I want to make sure that people understand, like, Zach has a great attitude. His energy was fine. He's well liked in the locker room. It's not this is there's nothing about Zach that that's that's he just was inconsistent out there and wasn't quite what he needed to be and what they thought he'd be to win the, to win the job. But I mean, he's a guy that came in, he worked hard. The guys, I'm just telling you, I I saw it firsthand. He had really good relationships with with those receivers, with those players, Tank Bigsby and him clicked real quick. So that none of that's an issue. Um, It just, it surprised him. Now, if you ask that right now, he'd probably still say he should be the starter. Like, he thinks that he did enough. He's disappointed, as any quarterback would be, right? Like, any quarterback's going to be disappointed in, the, in not winning the job. So, Cole, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Uh,
3: well, I always go back to, you know, practice. Obviously, whatever Zach Calzada did at Texas AM m before he became the starter, he didn't win that job there against Haynes King either, right? So he comes to Auburn maybe a little bit on a high because he did beat out. He was the quarterback in a win against Alabama. He was the quarterback in a win against Auburn as well. He won that game. So, you know, maybe he was a little bit confident coming in, and and there's it's a cliche, but the whole chip on the shoulder thing with T.J. Finley, who's heard all of this press, heard about Zach Calzada, watched them go find two more quarterbacks in the portal to try to maybe beat him out eventually. Uh, You know, there's something to be said about a chip on the shoulder Winning out, it's just it's just something about that attitude, and we know and we've heard that TJ Finley is a good practice guy too. That's the reason why last year, you know, they didn't they didn't have a problem putting him in when Georgia State was you know when when Auburn was struggling against Georgia State, they put him in because they knew he was prepared, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, no problem transitioning to him as the starter when Bo Nix went down too. So we know he's a good practice player. He went out in practice, and and now uh, I don't know how. You know, I don't know if there'll be a change if if he messes up, you know, quickly. Maybe they give him a longer leash. That's kind of what I'm curious about. If he comes back out there and he's throwing inaccurate passes, he's overthrowing deep balls, doing those things, they pull him back and they go, well, we know Calzada's done some good things in games before. Do we try him? We know Ashford's athletic. Do we try him? That's that's what I'm looking for with the quarterback position. It's not going to happen in game one, I don't think. You're going to see, you know, you're probably going to see Robbie Ashford too. But uh, you know, going down the stretch of the season, do they do they start to evaluate that again? That's what I'm looking I,
5: for. I got a I got a question. It you know, did we as analysts, reporters, fans, did we all put too much stock into one or two performances last year uh for Zach at Texas A&M and maybe build him up to be more than what the big picture had shown, not just the small picture. Uh may, maybe that wasn't fair to Zach as well, uh, because he had a lot of hype fans on our board. Uh, he was going to be better than Bo, uh, and maybe he will be. I mean, you know, it's not the story isn't written yet, but uh, you know, he came in with a lot of fanfare and a lot of hype, I think. And and sometimes that's not fair to the, the young guy either. You know, they read it, they see it, they feel it. And maybe that feeds to yep. – you know, subconsciously feeds to someone's overconfidence. And I'm, I'm not saying that was the case here, but, I, you know, so much was put into that one game. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to find – I think there's a couple of
2: factors. Like I think the Alabama game is one. I think there was there was some stats that came out that were true, that there were a lot of drops. He, he mm-hmm. suffered from a lot of drops from A&M receivers last season. Mm-hmm. And that's true. He did is it just the completion percentage should have been a lot higher? So that's that's true. And then I think you have, from, from an Auburn fan perspective, you have really just excitement of, let's just be really honest, they wanted somebody other than T.J. Finley. And so yeah. I think it probably it hyped up Calzada maybe more than he should be hyped up just from an excitement of somebody else is going to come in and win the job that's better than T.J. Finley. So I think those three things kind of combine to create – this guy that was going to come in and, and win the job. And look, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I wrote about Zach and called him the heavy favorite to win the job. But a lot of that again was based on not just what we knew about Zach, what we knew about TJ from last year, but a lot of that was based on internal thinking of that staff was that he was going to win the job. They weren't like, Oh, we'll bring him in and see what happens. They were telling people internally, Zach should come in and win the job. That was absolutely their expectation, and it and it didn't happen. And they're probably, you know, is they're probably sitting back there that first week going, what in the heck, what is going <laughs> on? I mean, Justin, uh, they're how, probably as shocked as anybody.
5: Justin, how hard is it for? I can ask one question. How hard is it for a guy that's now third string, who's not going to be getting many reps in practice? How hard is it for him to now kind of stay focused and? You know what I mean? And can he play? Who's he going to be working with? Did they put him with the scout team? I mean, how does this – what's the next step here?
2: Yeah, he's not even – I don't even know that because, you know, when we went out there when they started game prep, Holden was with the scout team. So I don't even know – I don't think he's with the scout team. Um, I just think he's getting very few legitimate reps. And so, yeah, that's that's a big question for Zach is mentally, where is he at right now? How do you stay in it? How do you stay – because, look, Finley, you got to go prove it. TJ Finley's still got to go prove it on the field. And um and I, I don't think he'll have a short leash in the first couple of weeks. It sounded like, hey, it's TJ's job. And TJ needs to improve. Like you really can't have a short leash leash with TJ or try to rotate guys in games. TJ needs work. If that's your guy, then you then he needs to get all the reps because he needs the work too. And so I, I don't I don't know where Zach gets in the game these first two games. I think it would take lackluster performance the first two games, and then Penn State, you know, a terrible first half, For them to even consider, okay, what are are we doing here? I mean, so I'm just not sure where Zach gets in the game these first few games, Or causing an injury. And that's a really tough place to be for him coming into Auburn, coming back closer to home, thinking he's going to win this job and it doesn't turn out. I'm not sure. It's a tough place to be for a college kid.
4: Where do you? Uh, I'm like I'm like you though. Auburn's got to find the chemistry on offense before Penn State. I'm yeah. leaving in TJ. If TJ Finley's my guy, who he's been named the starter, I'm I'm riding him. I'm letting him. I'm letting him take some lumps, man. I'm letting him. The, the, I, he doesn't have a leash as far as I'm concerned, unless he's just tanking, and not in a good way with Tank Bigsby. Uh, I think JD Pickel from on three said it best the other day is, and I think we've <clears throat> echoed that sentiment on our shows as well, so that you don't need a quarterback to win you football games this year. Presumably with the defense he has, you need a quarterback who won't lose you football games and turnovers. As far as I'm yeah. concerned, that's what I'm watching. I'm watching interceptions. I'm watching fumbles. I'm watching that's, that's what I don't need my quarterback. I what I don't need TJ Finley to do to allow us to win football games, manage okay. the, manage the game. Don't turn the football over. <clears throat> it's okay to punt. With that defense, it's okay to punt. <clears throat> Just don't lose me the game.
5: I, I'm actually going to take a different approach. <laughs> I, th- I mean, maybe I'm the dumb one here, but I, I actually think they do need him to, to kind of rise and, and 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 be that hero because – you know, I'm looking at that Auburn offense the last few years, and I'm just not seeing a lot of big plays. I mean, I see a lot of good individual talent, and as good as Tank Bigsby is, he's not a guy that rips off a lot of 70-yard touchdown runs. And and the receivers, yes, I hear behind the scenes that the, that the staff is excited uh, that they have a lot of potential, but there haven't been many big plays produced by those guys yet, not a lot of long catches. And I don't think you can go 80 yards and 17 plays more than a few times in an SEC game and expect to win. I think you need big plays and to have big plays, I think the quarterback is going to have to step up and play a level or two above uh maybe than just a guy that's a game manager. I don't I don't think a game manager I don't think a game manager is what wins Auburn games because we don't know how good the defense is going to be yet. Maybe it'll be great, but I don't know. But even if it is great, you're playing some pretty good offenses that even against a great defense can score 20 to 25 points, which means you've got to put points on the board. And I just don't think handing off and and, and having uh, a guy that's not dynamic at the quarterback position is going to win you any of those big games. And Auburn needs to start winning those big games again. So maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I think – and I think TJ's capable of this. His arm, The arm talent is there. There's no question about that. And if he And, and he's clearly going to understand the offense better than he did last year. He got in late last year. He wasn't even there for spring practice, if my memory's correct. So he's got that knowledge, and now I think he's got to really—he's won the job. So he's done that part. Now he's got to really elevate, and I think he's going to have to make some special plays. I just don't think ten, twelve-yard passes are going to cut it. This is a team that absolutely, positively needs big-play potential. That's just my opinion, Jeff, and you and JD. Oh no, that.
4: Managing the game yeah. doesn't mean dinking and dunking down the field. Yeah, it, means, yeah. it means don't turn the freaking ball over. No, I, I, I don't get care that. if you can I throw it that. 60 yards down the field and Candy Brown goes and gets it. That's great. That's, Auburn's yeah. going to need that. Just don't throw it to the wrong team.
5: I, I get that. But <laughs> if your defense is special, then you, you know, you look, some of the best Heisman winning quarterbacks threw 10, 12 interceptions. So I, I feel like if, if your defense is special, then to me, the opposite is almost an effect that you can have a guy take chances. But I mean, I, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs. It's, it's, I hear it's you. Just,
4: I'll go you along know. with that. Yeah.
5: I, I want
2: to see happy medium. Him. I mean, there's a happy medium. Like, no, TJ's yeah. not going to be expected. Don't he doesn't need to throw for 280 a game, but he but he can't throw for 160 a game either. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's somewhere in the middle of of yeah. managing the game, but hitting. I mean, last <laughs> year the bowl game comes to mind. Listen, I mean, you, you, isn't, don't isn't don't don't play?
4: don't perform like Casey Thompson did for Nebraska and throw for 354 yards on yeah. 59% completion rate. So he threw all of those long balls, and he completed yeah. 354 yards. Of pa- had 354 yards of passing, but he had twice as many in- incompletions that he did as he did complete – or almost. He had twice as many turnovers as he did
2: touchdowns. That's what Auburn can't have.
5: Yeah. And Arson, I,
2: don't know I mean, there's – the first thing Harson's telling him is throw it away. It's okay to punt. I mean, that's how Harson thinks. But I think back to that bowl game. It wouldn't it wouldn't have taken much to beat Houston if he hits a couple of those yeah, deep. Yeah, right, balls, right. Yeah, they win the game. I mean, they they were leading that game in the fourth quarter, and there's yeah. a couple of passes I remember late on open receivers that if he hits a deep ball, it's a touchdown. They I mean, just hit a couple of those, and Auburn wins that game. Like he's not going to be asked to do a, a ton, but he's going to have to hit a few of those big those big plays. They're going to have opportunities.
4: That was what you Bo struggled with too. Remember how many open. Deep balls, Bo, Bo Nix overthrew.
5: Yeah. And when I yeah. When I think of playing conservative football, I think yeah. of that second yeah. half against Alabama, though. Yeah. And I and I feel like you know, you know, if yeah. they let if they do some things a little bit differently, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I think we agree on the big picture and disagree just on some of the little details. That's fair.
2: There's also like a whole bunch that we don't know. Oh, I yeah. mean, I'm not 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 to make excuses, but. T.J., he injured his ankle in what, – what game did he injure his ankle? South Alabama, Early in Alabama?
3: It was the Alabama yeah. game. Yeah, So, so he played a
2: lot of that game with a hurt ankle, lost 47 rushing yards that game, which is kind of amazing. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I haven't seen – I don't know what Finley – like, I don't know what a Finley, healthy Finley, experienced new offense. I don't know what that looks like. I'm kind of curious to see, right. does he look any different? i you know, from what I'm told, he completed about 60 percent of his passes in fall camp, which is what basically what Calzada completed. Um, he also he, he took the most reps. He threw the most passes of any of the quarterbacks. So because of that, he had the most touchdowns. He also had the most interceptions. He was sacked a decent amount of times. And these are all fall camp stats that. Um, but um, I don't know. I'm curious to see it and see, see what he does. People have made some stuff about him scrambling. I I don't know I mean is he is he athletic enough to scramble Yeah I don't think that's I don't think that's what Auburn needs him to do I mean he's going to make a couple plays running because he's athletic but um, I hope he stands in there and and delivers the football I mean, He's a big enough guy that he should that's, that's the thing about Cam Newton not making the comparison but a big quarterback There's there you know when you're that size man you really honestly shouldn't worry that much about the rush just just standing there and deliver the football and it could be an asset but I don't know what it's going to look like with him and Eric he calling plays like there's a lot of this that we can't that we can't anticipate because it's all new
5: yeah can we all agree that picking yeah. a starting quarterback when you have three guys of you know, we think similar ability is hard I mean it's yeah, think about all the guys. I was I was talking to, chatting with somebody on the board the other day, and and you've got you got guy a, a guy like Dan Mullen who's supposedly a QB guru, right? And he had Felipe Franks. He saw hundreds of practices and determined that Felipe Franks was better than Kyle Trask. Okay, yeah. and it takes yeah, Ky- right, it takes right. Felipe right. Franks to get hurt for him to realize that you know, Kyle Trask is is twice the player, and so. These guys, these coaches, they're smart guys. They know what they're doing. They know their business way better than we do, and they still don't get it right all the time. So it's yeah. not over with. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, but it's it's hard picking a starting quarterback, and they're trying to balance 100 factors or more and put put it all into this equation and try to figure out which guy gives you the best chance to win on Saturday. It's got to be just – I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in those meetings. Yeah, you know, let's put it that way. Oh, and yeah. And it says so something that Definitely. it went.
2: So far, I mean, it's something that they didn't name the guy, that you know, I mean, I would have thought that they were going to name somebody sooner, and and they pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and just named a guy right before game week. So I, I think there was a little more thinking that had to do. I think they they had to do a little bit more thinking behind the scenes of how's this going to work and who should who should, who the guy should be. So here's the question: Can they? What can they be on offense with Finley and Ashford mixed in in packages? Keysaw calling plays, which I think is. Another thing that's not talked about enough that I'm interested to see how that works. I mean, I I don't know what kind of play caller Eric Keesaw is. I, I have no clue. I mean, Harson's going to be involved in some degree. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but what kind of offense do you think of? Finley Finley takes 90% of the snaps. Mix in Ashford. Can that, can that beat Texas A&M? Can that keep you in big SEC football games? I mean, is that a good... Potentially, is that a good mix? Is that a good combination? Does Ashford bring enough creativity to the offense if you get him in there at times and make plays? Like, it's interesting. I, I'm I I have no idea what the answer is. I'm not confident. I'm not really confident in any of that, by the way. Like any of that working. I'm I'm very much a wait and see kind of. I can be cynical at times. I, I just w- w- I'm not confident in any of that working really well at the moment.
3: No, I'm not either. I'm not. Jeffrey said it a bunch of times on the live shows and and whatnot that two quarterback systems are irritating because it's just it seems like a guy you know you need time to give a guy rhythm, get into rhythm throwing the football, and if T.J. Finley's your guy, stay with him. You know that. And at Auburn, you know if you've watched Auburn over the years, you've been burned by the two quarterback system a couple times where it's not working and and messing up the flow and and everything of the offense. So. I am cautious about a two quarterback system. I don't, I don't love that thought.
5: But I don't think the two guys
3: are so drastically different. No, no, no yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying it would be. Just if they did, throw Ashford in worn, for packages. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I the only I mean, reason I don't like I mean, them is they don't work. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I don't <laughs> like about them. They're fine if they work.
4: Yeah. But, or rare, at least rare. in my
5: expe-
4: right. in my experience, they don't work.
2: They yeah, don't work he, at
3: Auburn.
2: The Leak Tebow one is probably one of the few that you look back on, and, yeah. and that seemed to they they mixed Tebow in just perfectly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chris Leak, but but very few times does that um, does that play out because you gotta have two guys that like it's just gotta work perfectly. The mm-hmm. mindset of both has got to be perfect in and out. I mean, it's just that's a very difficult thing to do. Very difficult thing. But, well, who
4: was uh, was it? Chris Todd and Cody Burns. Who was Cody? Cody would come in there.
2: Well, was the... they did. They did a well. No, he's see. Yeah, who was before, Chris? Brandon Cox when he was a freshman. When Cody was a freshman in '07, yeah. they put him in, in some Wildcat stuff with Brandon yeah. Cox. Yeah, um, that was awful. Yeah, because <laughs> there was some people <laughs> frustrated with Brandon Cox, wanting Cody to even maybe start a game. Oh, and, for sure. In '07. Brandon uh,
4: had raw dog. I mean, he yeah, he got the raw end of that deal. But yeah, we we were talking about the, the, going back to the Tuberville days. The two quarterback system in Auburn in, that I can remember has been cringy. Yeah. I mean, it's like just yeah, you know, right. this this guy takes your team down the field seventy yards, gets him, gets to the nine yard line, and then you bring in another quarterback to run this ten yard offense, and it's I don't get it.
2: It's not great. Think about the first game. Well, I know eight, I, the Clemson game.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah.
2: How many guys played? I wasn't going to go there, Justin. <laughs> like, Fourth. The dumbest things I've ever seen in a football game.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're counting, if you're counting Chandler Cox, it's four, I think. Yes. But yeah, now, if, if, the you, reason, if you want to put Ashford in, play. I mean, uh, <clears throat> go ahead, go. Go ahead, buddy. I, the reason he could play, the reason it seems likely that he would play at some capacity, is because they've got to be getting frustrated watching him, you know, not be able to scramble, not be able to use his legs in these non-live quarterback situations. I would just think they want some film on him. They want to see how he handles the moment, how he can make plays with his legs. If it's good enough that he's, you know, scrambling and, and getting these big gains, then they probably consider using him more. And I think they want the tape on him. That's just what you know. My my view on it, and I, I don't know how much you will play, but I I think it's very likely because of that. Now,
4: that I am all in favor for, and and listen, what the hell, what the hell do I know? I'm a recruiting guy, but in this first game, <clears throat> you are expected to win handily. Vegas has got the line, I think, at thirty one and a half. Last I checked. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you can have a, a big third quarter lead and you want to get that number two guy some work with this offense and let help, let him play the fourth quarter. Get get T J out of there, get Tank out of there. Let 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 let's let's see what these twos have got. Play them the fourth quarter. <clears throat> I just don't want to see TJ move the team down the field, get to the twelve yard line and bring in Astrid in this special package. Only if it doesn't work. <laughs> Only if it doesn't
2: work. Yeah. If it, it works, works, hell it works. yes. Geniuses, yeah, Geniuses. absolutely. Yeah, it'll be no interesting. See, right? I, from what I understand, it's you know some maybe third and one, third third and two, like maybe you bring Ashford in and. Oh, uh, just
4: imagine if it didn't work though, uh, dude. You would get uh, food out of the stadium if it didn't work.
2: <laughs> oh, you know right. There's a there's a yes. there's a thin line. If this uh, quarterback thing doesn't work, if Finley's just If he's not great, and Calzada's sitting over there. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a thin line on this thing on, on on the on the leash there, but he's gonna he's gonna stick with Finley like he's good. He's, he's he has to. I mean, if that's your guy, he's he has to Play he has to play all these snaps because he needs them. You, you just can't Absolutely. you can't use. I mean, it would be unfair to Finley in all in all reality. If let's say you, you play these first two games and you try to fit all these quarterbacks in, Finley's going. Hold on, I won the fall camp battle. And now the game starts, and we're still doing the battle thing. Like, we're, I thought I won the job. I need the reps. You got to stop at some point, and you got to go until it's disaster. Like last year against Georgia State, Brian Harson had no choice. Bo was playing terrible. He was making bad yeah. decisions, and he, and he, he, had, he didn't want to pull Bo. And if Bo Nix was the best option they had to win the game, but he didn't, didn't want to pull him. But he had to. He had to make a change, and he put yeah. Finley in there. Somehow, Finley led that drive, which is still kind of amazing. Um, and Bo was pissed. I mean, Bo was pissed. It was, a, it was a, you know, they had to talk about it after the game internally. Like they had to have a conversation because Bo let his emotions get the best of him. And, um, and it, was, it was an issue. But I, I think it would take that kind of dire circumstance to, like, San Jose State, they're down, they're losing that game. And, and, and Finley's just playing horrible. And and maybe Ashford's played a couple of drives and done nothing. Maybe you you think about Zach, but it would take, it would take some pretty dire circumstances, I think, for Zach to get in the game, for, or for Finley to not be, one hundred percent the guy.
5: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah In my dentist's office.
4: Man, I, I, I want my starting quarterback to be in a groove to have the chemistry with yeah. that offense by the time yeah. Penn State comes around. And however many reps, however many snaps, however many drives that takes between now and September the 17th, sign me up. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about Robbie Asher mm-hmm. getting snaps. I'm not worried about Zach Calzada's feelings being hurt. I need yeah. my quarterback who won the damn battle to be ready to go when Penn State comes to town.
2: Yeah, I think that's the attitude. I think that's the attitude. What if Finley just comes out and is just like, just throwing darts. What if he comes out and it's like 70% first two games? And I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, it'd be it'd be it'd be cool to see. But man, what if he comes out and and, and is just firing um, passes all over the field and looks great? And I don't think we'll know anything until Penn State. But it sure would be sure. something for his confidence to come out and and execute this thing for the first two games. Yeah. Get the doubt, get the fans back on your side um enroll into Penn State with a with a ton of confidence.
5: I mean didn't uh, isn't this the same Mercer program that almost beat <clears throat> Auburn and Jared Stidham's first couple of games? Yeah, yeah. they came yeah. in what
2: year was that? Was yeah. that eighteen?
5: And yes, and the and the San uh, Jose in the same San Jose yeah. State program that handed Brian Harson his last loss at uh as Boise State, I think there are a couple of interesting games. I mean, I don't know how much you, you think. How much can you learn from these games? But you know, if you lose them, you can learn a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. I think that Auburn's got to be mentally prepared for these games. I think they'll be exciting for fans too because there's there's so much newness with the team right now. But yeah,
2: yeah, I agree with twenty-four to ten. What's crazy is it was 2017, which is the which that Auburn team developed into. I think one of the better. I mean, by the end of the year, that was one of the best. It was Malzahn, I thought it was Malzon's best overall team the last two games. I mean, the way they were playing against BAM in Georgia, I thought that team was better than the 13 team. That team was really damn good, and they beat uh, Mercer 24 to 10 in early September, which is which is shocking. And yeah, San Jose he State could be It was
5: closer than the score too, Justin. Yeah, yeah. so San, San Jose
2: State. They're picked well – I mean, they're picked down the, the uh, Mountain West, but, but the way Auburn is, the offense, I mean, we don't know. If Finley yeah, comes bet. out and doesn't play well and that offense isn't clicking, could those games be close? Could those games be in the third quarter where you're sitting there like, uh, guys, like, if we don't make some plays, like, this is kind of still a competitive ball game. I, that'd be scary. It's a scary thought against Mercer. I don't care. Right. Mercer or whatever, but that's a scary thought if you're Auburn. With this schedule – if you're in the third quarter against Mercer and you're in a legitimate ball game, that's, that's worrisome. That's going to be really, really it is. worrisome.
5: It, it yeah. is because we don't know the patterns yet of Brian Harson teams. In other words, with, Gus, with yeah. Gus Malzahn teams, we knew they were slow starting teams. And yeah. 2013, barely beat Washington State, barely beat Mississippi State. By the end of the season, it was just lights out fantastic. And then in yeah. 2017 you barely beat Mercer and got a little bit better and a little bit better. And then by the end of the season, I guess they blew a game at LSU early in the year where they had the big lead if my memory's right, but got a little bit better and a little bit better. And then all of a sudden took off. We don't know the pattern of Harson's teams yet. Um, so we, you know, it, it sometimes if you only beat a bad, uh, a lower level program by 20 earlier in the season, it might not mean so much with Gus. He almost came to expect it in a sense, mm. but, uh, but I don't know. It's, it's gonna. You're right, Justin. It's gonna be interesting. And I, and I, Jeff, I agree with you. I, they, they'd love to have to know TJ Finley's your guy going into that third game, though. There's, you don't want any doubt. Not a shadow of doubt. Not a shadow of doubt.
3: I, I'm with you guys on that too. Uh, the Mercer team and I've broken them down. I've done a couple. Um, breakdowns of what they do offensively, defensively, put up 600 yards of offense on a team that's usually a pretty good opponent for them. Who was that goal um, last week? defense held them under 300. Morehead State. Morehead State. Um, and defensively, you know, they held them under 300 yards. So they'll come in with a little bit of confidence from that. Obviously, they know they're the big underdog here. A um, lot. Oh, wow. But they they also they have yeah. – yeah, and and they have a good quarterback, by the way, a guy that started at Coastal Carolina for two years and then uh, got injured. And Grayson McCall, who's their starter at Coastal Carolina now, is the guy that took his place. He ends up going to the transfer portal and going to Mercer. So, you know, a couple of good players, uh, some some opportunities to to present some problems for, for Auburn here in that first game, and uh, when Auburn's trying to get all the the new guys together, Finley. New guys on defense, your your whole safety group looks pretty different. Uh, Linebacker group is young with Owen Papo there, you know. So um, I'm with you, Keith, on it being interesting. I don't don't think it's just one of these, you know, cupcake blowouts um, from the start. I think it it could be. But before kickoff, I'm looking at it as this is going to be a little bit of a test for a new – you know, a new look Auburn team under Harson.
5: Yeah, here's the question, though. Is it more of a test for the Auburn offense or the Auburn defense, which we haven't really talked about? And you know, Mercer can score points, we think. We think. Yeah. But, you know, right. I mean, what 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 is it, you know, we're, we're talking about what, you know, the challenges of the Auburn offense and, and making sure the quarterback's comfortable and, and building confidence and all that. But, you know, what if Mercer comes out and scores 27 points? You know, <laughs> yeah. what is that? What does that mean? So there's a lot.
2: I mean, if that happens, that's a whole that. And then yes, we have a whole different conversation that we need to have. Not happening. If that if that with that defensive line, if they come out and give up 27, um, then 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 yeah, that's going to open up a whole other conversation about the defense. I mean, I
5: guess what's what's a win for the Auburn defense this weekend? You guys think?
2: Um,
3: 14 or less.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. 14, 17 or less. I mean, and, and and it depends on the Auburn offense. If the game's out of hand, how many guys get in on defense? Do they get to the point where they can play? Um, you know, do they get to the point where they can play? Um, do they get to the point where they can play third stringers or whatever? Um, or you know, how does that how does that look? But if you're Auburn's defense, and you, first of all, that group that group better be pretty damn close to elite if if they're going to try to exceed expectations this year they don't have to be Georgia last year I'm not saying that but you you better be a top 15 group nationally if you're going to exceed expectations a plus this year that group has to be there the offense is the offense has got a ceiling we can talk about TJ Finley all we want how maybe he's going to be however good he can be whatever there's a ceiling to whatever that offense is going to be able to do this year the defense can be a lot better. The defense is going to have to live up to that. And, yeah, uh, Mercer, 17, 14, 17 points. The defensive line of Auburn, if they can't go out against FCS and just dominate the line of scrimmage and just yep. make life hell for a team yep. like Mercer, then they're not the group we thought they were. Colby Wooden could be a first-round pick. Derek Hall could be a second-round pick. Marcus Harris is going to play in the NFL. Eku Liotta is going to play in the NFL. Um, if they Jake can't Jones. come out – Jason Jones, if they can't come out and own the line of scrimmage against Mercer to the point where those are guys like, we just can't do a whole lot, then then I think we have a, a much different conversation on our hands. I and, and actually I, so go ahead,
4: Joel. So, uh, real quick, the 14 yeah. points is at the end of the game. I think the first team defense, by the end of the third quarter, one score or
5: less. Yeah. I think it's a good thing that Mercer scored all those points last week mm-hmm. because when you're playing an FCS opponent, you might kind of just cruise right in there mentally. And so they scored all those points, and that's a little bit of an attention getter. And these guys don't want to be embarrassed; they don't want to be embarrassed. So I think the focus yep. ratchets up a notch or two or three. And so you're right; you guys are right. I think I think yeah. Hopefully, you're going to see a, a just a dominant performance from the Auburn defense. There's always those first few series that take in. There's sometimes a little bit of an adjustment period, but. Um, yeah I think that the fact that uh, Mercer did all that last week, and again it was against Morehead State, but still, if Mercer wins that game twenty eight to fourteen you know, nobody 's even talking about him well now people are talking about him they 're thinking about him hey are they could they score against Auburn and so I think that that's uh, that wakes you up a little bit and uh probably helps with your preparation and focus, which It's hard. It's hard against those FCS teams when you're Auburn. Uh, There's no question because we've seen Jacksonville State Mercer almost go into Jordan-Hare Stadium and win.
2: Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that Mercer game a couple years ago is uh, that was, I think, it looks like that was maybe three weeks into the year. Um, I don't know who Auburn played to start that season, but it could have been a deal where you're playing a team like Mercer three weeks in versus game one. Game one with this team – with this mentality, that the, 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 they know that they're picked last, I think there's a different attitude coming in week one. Of just, I don't care who you put whoever out there, I'm fired up. I'm gonna treat whoever you throw out there like Alabama. It's game one, and hopefully yeah. that that changes their mentality a little bit versus playing in week three. That 07, that 17 team thinks they're going to be rolling. You come in yeah. there and you.
5: Come well, in Auburn way. had just Auburn had actually just lost to Clemson the week before, fourteen to
2: Which six. Which is not pretty. Which is not yeah.
5: pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so self doubt had started to creep into the heads. Remember they had a first year offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey, oh. didn't look great really in the opener against Georgia Southern. Yeah. Uh, no. forty one to seven, but wasn't wasn't anything special. Go to Clemson, Stidham gets sacked. I don't know like thirty three like, times or whatever it times, was. times, I think. Self doubt, offensive 12, line struggling. 11. New quarterback hadn't found his groove yet. First year offensive coordinator trying to get on the same page as Gus. But still still that game that game could have gone either way with, with you know ten minutes left in the in the fourth quarter.
2: And then so, what, like a week or two later they go to L S U and they're trouncing them, and then of course we all know what happened in that game, but how quickly that seventeen team started to find their groove. Um Yeah, defensively, and we don't talk a lot about defense, uh, just because that line should be that should should be so good. I'm a little concerned about the linebackers. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I think Owen Papo is gonna have a fantastic season. Like Owen Papo behind that defensive line should have should just he should ball out. But I don't. I look. I like Cam Riley. I think. I mean, the kid looks the part, but he hasn't played a lot. Neither is Wesley Steiner. You got Asante coming in from North Carolina. So like beyond Papo. There's still a lot that I want to see from the linebackers. The secondary will be fine. There's enough good athletes there. to. They're not going to lock anybody down. You don't have a Roger McCreary. You don't have Carlton Davis. You, I don't think they're locking people down, especially not in this day and age, but they're athletic enough that I think they'll take advantage of some things that the defensive line does. I think they'll take advantage of some plays, maybe get some interceptions and things like that based on pressure. But the linebackers is where I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned, but it's just a group past Papo, what are you getting there? He can't make all the tackles, and so I'm curious to see: can Cam Riley be that guy? Can he be that physical enforcer? That, that I mean, can he can he develop into a stud? He could. I just yeah. I just don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet.
3: Yeah, I have I have the same concern with the linebackers, just inexperience and and when those guys have been in the game, I've watched them real close, and you know Steiner I, I thought was going to be a, a little bit more of a physical presence, and he wasn't. Quite that until maybe the Houston game Where he showed out a little bit physically And uh, I, don't, I just don't I don't know how they're going to handle that With playing a lot more snaps and, and being in pressure situations I think defensive line What you were talking about, Justin They're going to have a little bit more pressure on them Because Mercer's sort of identity At least in the first game was We're trying to run the football They didn't really throw it that many times They had big plays throwing it But they were trying to run it you know, And had over 350 yards rushing Or something like that So the defensive line is, I mean, they have a clear size advantage over Mercer's offensive line. Mercer's offensive line averages like under 290 is from what I could tell. So definitely smaller. You've got to win the line of scrimmage and help those linebackers get a little bit comfortable, uh, you know, looking at at the offense, knowing what they're seeing, being able to go and make tackles in space and, and at the line of scrimmage. And uh, if that happens, you know, the defense could get some confidence going into week two and then hopefully play better, you know, play good there and then have some confidence going into Penn State, too. And uh, confidence is what the defense needs, in my opinion, because I think the talent is is better on that side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. The, I,
4: I, you talk about what I'm excited to see, mm-hmm. that front four of Auburn, I really think they're going to be good. Colby – Derek Hall, Eku, yeah, uh, pass rush really, would be good. I really expect that front four to wreak havoc. I really do. And if they don't, then I feel like they're underachieving. Yep. And
5: Jeff, it, it, Jeff, if they wreak havoc, maybe we'll see what we haven't seen in a while, and that's an Auburn defense that forces a lot of turnovers, flips the field. Yeah. So you yeah. know those last few years under Kevin Steele, look, the defense was fantastic. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna say to criticize the defense, but. They had a ton of stops, but a lot of those stops were the other team would get three first downs, Mm -hmm. then you'd stop them, then they'd punt, you'd be starting at your own 14-yard line. And since we don't know if Auburn's offense is going to have any explosive explosive ability this year, we just don't know yet, what would help that offense are shorter fields, and and turnovers provide that. Can this defense with Kobe Wooden, E. Kuliotta, Derek Hall putting pressure, Jason Jones, if, they think, if he can be 80% of what Jimmy Brumbaugh thinks he can be, then that's another guy that can get in there and wreak havoc, force turnovers, the linebackers are fast and physical, I think the secondary is going to be really good, I think Jalen Simpson plays on Sundays, I think Keontae Scott, based on early reviews, plays on Sundays, Nehemiah Pritchett's got the speed, he's probably going to play on Sundays. To me, one of the big question marks on defense is can Can Owen Popo, who, who's been hurt here and there, can he stay healthy? Jalen Simpson, who's been hurt more than once at Auburn, can he stay healthy? Uh, because I, I don't think they've got a ton of depth. But, J- Jeff, you're right. If that defensive line is as good as they think it can be and is forcing – getting pressure, getting in the backfield, disruption, for then then you're going to force turnovers. We could see defensive touchdowns. That uh, changes games. Auburn's going to be looking for points, man hard to win when you only score 20. They're going to be looking for points any way they can get and they're going to be looking for shorter fields. And if that happens, then that's something really a lot of people aren't talking about. That could that means 350 yards is the same as 450 yards of offense basically. What you where are you getting the ball and and what you can do with it as opposed to having to go 86 yards every series, which is just if you don't have the big plays, you just can't do that on offense. It's it's too much to ask. So they're going to need the defense to to create turnovers.
4: Right. Man, it makes you ready. For, like next week when we do this, we'll actually be talking about yeah, real I, data. I right? feel like to yeah. put on
5: that helmet and smash his head into the wall. And, uh,
4: I, I need <laughs> to see an orange face mask on that thing. Yeah,
2: oh, no, I need to hit my, my boy up, Clint. I need to get an orange face. They
5: gonna wear the orange face mask this year? What do you guys think?
2: Oh yeah, do yeah, it? yeah. White and orange. They'll, they'll do both. Uh, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he brings white out home. I mean, he clearly didn't, didn't, didn't worried about. Uh, what uh, traditionalists think
5: about that. So. No, no. You, know to, you know what they ought to do for Penn State? White helmet, no logo. Well, they ought to just kind of do it, kind of just really throw Penn State for a loop there, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you'd Definitely. have, to, you know, you'd have yeah. to practice. Any big helmet change, and Cole, you, you played, but any big helmet or jersey change is, is a challenge. Remember Georgia a few years ago against uh, in the cocktail party were Uh, Use the black helmets. So they look like grambling out there. Well, if you're not practicing with a black helmet, it's probably got to be a little bit of a mind vendor trying to figure out where to throw the ball out there, you know, and, and what are you running toward and all that stuff. So I I don't know. Y'all think they'll ever do anything major with the helmet or just the face mask? Is that it? No, I just think
3: it's the face mask. Which I love the orange. I think the orange looks pretty cool. It's kind of a – I think the traditionalists are better with the orange because they actually used an orange Facebook at one – I mean, mm-hmm. face mask at one time, so.
5: What about the you know. orange well, top? To get to Where
2: Orange against Penn State?
5: Any chance with the orange top making a comeback?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
3: October surprise?
2: I think those are ugly. Like, I, I don't I, – everybody wants to see that. I don't – like, to me, it doesn't look good, but I just – uh. I mean, who who is it? You, you look like UT Martin, right? Don't they have those yeah. basically exact jerseys, but they wear orange? Or am I wrong?
3: Yeah, they're, uh, they're
4: pretty similar. Seriously, uh, orange jerseys with the white pants would look like shit. <laughs> it,
2: would. it would. It would. It would look awful.
4: Yeah. That's it's, why they That's why Auburn quit wearing orange jerseys.
3: <laughs> it looked awful.
5: I, I, God, I wouldn't mind seeing him wear the white on white every game if that was possible. I think that. When Auburn like wears the all yeah. white, I, I don't think anybody in college football looks better than that.
2: What they need to do is they need to wear a white face mask at home and see how that looks, and then maybe maybe wear an orange one away and see how maybe that maybe that's what'll happen this year. Maybe they can mix it up and wear an orange one away one game and wear the white um, well, at home one well, game.
5: When they've made changes to the helmet, they put the they put Pat Sullivan's number seven on the on the helmet. They lost that game, right? When yeah. they did that. They lost yeah, that game. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I love, love that. Help. I love, what a tribute. The and burn, then, but then they, did, down, they lost that game. Then they did the white face mask at Penn State. They lost that game. Were there any other changes last year? I can't even remember. Well, they
2: were orange against Ole Miss. They won. And then they orange were orange wins, against won, Alabama okay. and they lost. But I okay. think Alabama probably had something to do with that.
5: Uh, yes. Um, so do you get super sp- superstitious at any point or just a little stitious?
2: No, just
5: keep uh, doing it. <laughs> If you do it enough, then it
2: just goes away. You just win and you win some, you lose some. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't make it a,
4: yeah. don't make make it a special care. deal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um but then so you'll have look, people what keeping about black, score.
5: What about black shoes? Yeah. You think they'll go back to that? I love the guys black black that. The O
4: four
3: with the O4, with the black shoes it.
4: and the black spackle? Is that what it's called?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, sure. the ankle tape. Sp- yeah, they yeah. busted
2: that out. The 304 looks strong. Actually,
3: I said, I said spackle because I'm I'm redoing the back. <laughs> they busted yeah,
4: that out. Yeah. Listen, they busted
2: that out in uh, 2002, Penn State, the bowl game. They busted out black cleats in that bowl game, and uh, against a, a really good Penn State team, and Ronnie Brown ran for like 180, and um, they beat a top 10 Penn State team. Um, that 2002 team did. Uh, I thought that was a good look. But the players love these orange cleats now. They have these orange and white ones now that they're freaking – they freaking love. Well, I mean, they, this, a good look these,
3: this day and age, you're not going to see the, this day and age, you know, they're not just going to go with a solid black cleat probably. they got to be flashy. That's the thing now, you know. I'm the youngest guy the here. But I'm a traditionalist.
2: I mean, at least it's all the same. Back in the day, you would have like – Auburn would be wearing like Russell jerseys. They'd be wearing like new balance shoes. They'd be wearing like you know <laughs> Nike underneath that they have to mark out or something. Like yeah. I mean it would be they, they were they couldn't figure it. They couldn't I'll, figure it.
5: I wanna see that next that next apparel contract when it comes out I, comes out. I wanna see Auburn I wanna see Auburn just kind of shock the world. No, p- pony. You know, something like that. Just, just, totally, just totally something that that's Nobody's thinking and just say,
2: hey, hey, there's some real momentum behind Adidas in Auburn for real. Adidas, go away from Under Armour I when that thing
5: what you do. You fly and run DMC for the intro, you have them have them break With it the, out. Adidas,
2: I think Adidas makes terrible football jerseys. I think, like, I think they suck. Like, you, the way that. We're getting down a path, but to me, like, they're stretched. The, half the time, the names are, like, the letters are off. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been, I've never been impressed with their, with their football game. Yeah, Adidas,
5: to me, Adidas and Under Armour have two. And, now, obviously, as a school, you control what you want the jersey to look like. But a lot of the Under Armour jerseys have too many weird stripes in places that I don't think you need stripes. You know what I mean? I, I just – I like the simple, clean look. And, and that's why I love that Auburn hasn't let Under Armour designers just go nuts with, with what they do.
2: Oh, my God, they changed the uh, – when they changed the back plate, when the name – it was like, I don't know what year, 06 Under Armour took over, and the names became, like, a little smaller. The font size out. was 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Everybody laughs>
3: freaked out. It was awful.
2: It was terrible.
5: <laughs> so, is it – Justin, is it kind of one of those things that you think that Auburn wants Adidas more than Nike because of the identity – you know, if Alabama being Nike already or, or, you know what I mean? Or what, is it just a matter of money? What was, you know?
2: Could be, could be. I mean, it could be a Nike. Just say, hey, let's not, let's not go Nike. It could be. I mean, but Adidas also could, could, I don't know. Nike doesn't need Auburn. Like maybe Adidas might, I don't know. Adidas might throw them a good package. That's for sure.
3: I, oh yeah. I think, uh, Adidas is sort of maybe a, one of those trending, you know, brands Dude, right yeah. now too, Dude. because I these high school games I've been going to, I've seen a lot of Adidas cleats out there, you know, 100%, a
2: lot of Adidas gear. Yes, you're exactly right. Adidas, football, basketball, overall, like Adidas is skyrocketing. So in terms of yeah. young kids, like it would, it would be a smart move if Auburn went that direction. Well, who, really whoever does.
5: they, whoever they sign up with, and, and I'm going on and on here on this stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm really, people know I'm friends with uh, Nick Grom's dad. Okay. So, you know, I get to see him wear all the gear that Nick gives him, And, there's so much cool. Like I'm always taking shots at Under Armour, but I don't see the cool stuff. He's got all this cool stuff. You can't buy it anywhere. Yeah. It just goes to the players. So whoever the new contract is with, I, I'd like it to be where hey, they've got something really cool, and and I can go get it if I want it, or you can go get it. Yeah. Right now, right now you go into the store at Dick's Sporting Goods or wherever some of the Auburn shops, and you you don't see a lot of the cool stuff that the players wear, and that that's kind of bothersome. So hopefully whoever well, is with you know what I mean? Hopefully the deal – I'm trying to buy gifts for friends, family, all that stuff, and you, I can hardly ever find anything I like. But then I, I see the players walk out there and they get the coolest crap you've ever seen. So, you know, no, I, I, don't, yeah. I used to think it was Under Armour. I think it's just that they get the good stuff and everybody else gets the leftovers, I guess.
4: Was Andre Agassi Adidas back in the day –
5: Oh no, he was. I wasn't he a big Nike guy at first. I, I remember. I remember
4: seeing him on the bow commercial, but I, I yeah. So that, that would have made him Nike. I don't know why I thought he was Adidas.
2: He was dude? He he was like the first tennis player that
5: came out with a shoe. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, I um, actually it, got it, to it was that, like weird looking. Uh, it was sweet. It was sweet looking.
5: I actually got to go. Uh, really off track here, but I got to go to Vegas when I used to cover pro tennis and spend a. Several hours with Agassiz and uh, just me and him, and he was about the coolest dude you'd ever want to meet. Now, this was Agassiz at 35, 34 years old, and not 16 when he was apparently a real, a real jerk. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, I think he was all Nike. You're right. No, yeah, no, he was with, he had the jeans, with, uh, jean was, shorts. Had jean shorts. The jeans, he,
2: he was with Adidas for, for a period of time. Um, oh, um, it he was with both. He was with Nike. He was with Nike for a long time. Then he went to Adidas. Um, because maybe Nike refused to donate to one of his charities. I don't know if that's true. Uh, right. And Adidas was more than happy. So yeah, so he went to Adidas and then he went back to Nike at some point. So he there was a stretch freeze with Adidas.
3: I, I
4: thought it might be because he became irrelevant.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, I'm telling you, Agassi was never irrelevant. And then he married Steffi Graf, so maybe maybe she I don't know who her shoe company was.
4: Dude, listen, anybody thought Brooke Shields was hot? Did he marry Brooke Shields? <laughs> uh,
5: he Oh, well, he dated Barbara Streisand. I mean, he was a he was a <laughs> that oh, is he, he, he was a true <laughs> transcendent celebrity, you know what I mean? They date other <laughs> celebrities, that's what they do.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, oh my god, you're right, he did. Barbara <laughs> Streisand Wow in, in the nineties.
5: The so so Jeff, if Barbara Streisand called you up uh, five years ago and, and she's got her you know eighty million dollar Malibu house, you wouldn't let her fly you out there to hang out there for the weekend?
2: <laughs> Dude, I would I, no. She was twenty eight years older than him. Jeez. And I'm then learning, he, was I'm learning this. he was married to Brooke Shields for three years and then he uh married Steffi Graf.
4: Steffi Graff is I mean, those are three ugly women right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to tell you, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get the stuff he grab. Palmer Streisand, that's, that's insane. I didn't know that. Jeez. That is a wall of him. shame right
3: there. Uh, I'm, I'm,
5: I'm going go to go out on a limb and say there were probably a few dozen supermodels thrown in there, too. You know, <laughs> Not according to his taste. Not, hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiding the good-looking ones and then promoting
2: the not good looking. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
5: well, man. Anyway, anyway, Auburn to Adidas it sounds like it would be an interesting thing. I well, think Pete it's Sanchez.
4: Yeah. Now, Pete Sanchez has some damn good looking women now.
5: Pete Sanchez.
4: Francisco.
5: What the hell is Pete Sanchez? <laughs> Pete Sanchez
2: was an amazing tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> One of the one of the great. He has you know, he has some hot models now. What
5: about Fred Montana? Hey, you know who he, nice.
2: he was married to? Sambrus was married to, um, what's her name? She was in, uh, in Happy, 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 Happy Gilmore. No, Billy no, Madison. Madison. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Um, Brooke. No. Nah. Bridget. Bridget Wilson. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It was in. Uh yeah, Billy Madison.
5: Yeah. Yes. Great great character. Didn't like Billy. At, <laughs> didn't like Billy at first. But then when she realized how rich he was, all of a sudden really fell in love with him. She I guess she saw him for his inner self as the movie mm. developer.
3: Oh yeah, right. Right.
5: The so Pete Sanchez now. So Pete Sanchez. I mean <laughs> was, uh... I don't
4: think Justin knows yet.
2: Pete Sanchez. No I know you. I know, I know I know I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was I, I really do his name <laughs> yeah it was a joke it was, it was an elaborate joke
2: <laughs> oh my god do we need to do predictions here before we get out of here sure All right. Auburn Worcester predictions <clears throat> score predictions I hate score predictions but screw it Ooh. let's just do it mm. I got you um, who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll go first. I'll give y'all. I'll go first. I'll take the bullet here. I'll say uh I'll say Auburn wins this game 40 to 13. No. 40 to 10.
4: Okay? I got you 41 to 17. Uh Mercer scores the late fourth quarter touchdown that just uh enough to cover.
3: 4117. Um, uh, I will go 4510. I'm thinking 10 for Mercer as well, Justin. Mm-hmm. That was my that was what I was thinking, but I'll go 4510. Now I
4: have them at 10 too. Now
3: they just going to score a late touchdown
4: against the <laughs> oh, reserves.
3: Okay. Yeah, right. right.
5: <laughs> I got a 4416 Auburn. I think maybe one touchdown, maybe a few field goals. Well, no, I, Justin, weird scores you know come up, and so yeah. You know Auburn maybe puts some backups in the game, puts <laughs> the ball on the field. Mercer gets a, an extra field goal, something like that. So forty-four sixteen, I say.
3: I was thinking field goals as well. With forty-five. Yeah, if they go,
2: well, if, they, if if they hit, I don't remember what Cole's was. If they go to mine, there's gonna be a lot, a lot of lot upset betters. Forty to ten. If somebody loses this bet by a point and a half, um, that's gonna be, tough. So maybe <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Maybe forty-two to ten. Um, but yeah, I think it'll. Uh, who are you excited to see? Who's one guy that you're excited to see for Auburn offense, defense, that you just want to see this first game? You just, just want to see him in a uniform. You want to see him out there running, whatever it is. You just like you want to see this guy in action.
5: I'll do. We'll do, I'll
3: do. Offense and defense. Yeah,
4: I
5: yeah. got two.
3: I got two. Okay, go ahead. All right, my my two on offense is Tavars Dawson. I, I just want to see him. We saw like maybe three snaps of him last year, and, and now he's pretty much going to be a part of the offense. So I'm I'm ready to see how fast he is, if he's got, you know, his hands improved, all that stuff. On defense, uh, it's Caden Bridges. I've just heard a lot of good things about him, and he's taken over. Uh, well, he's, he's sort of taken over where Smoke Monday left off back there. Maybe it's not the same exact position, but, you know. Taking over where he left off for so many years, three years playing there. I, I want to see how he steps in. Caden Bridges.
5: All right, I'll go Tavares Dawson on an offense too, because again, I'm I'm trying to figure out where those big plays are gonna come from. Yeah. Who's gonna have you know, who's gonna have four or five sixty, fifty, sixty yard plays this season? And so I, I wanna see if he's you know, can he be that guy or uh just a guy that can make good yardage after a catch like Ryan Davis was that that senior year that last year he was just fantastic i think that was 2017 on defense i'm going to say jason jones a defensive tackle we've heard so many good things about him but you know auburn really didn't recruit him that hard out of high school i, I, I can't remember was he committed to bama at one time mm-hmm. and yeah uh, he was and ended up at you know they kind of went in another direction i believe and he ended up at oregon and there were concerns that he was maybe too tall to play tackle could he could he? Not that he didn't have the athleticism, he did. But could he keep his pad level low? Could he be disciplined? Was he tough enough physically? Was he tough enough mentally? He didn't start at Oregon, and yet he's got a lot of people thinking he's going to be really good. So yeah. that's the kind of guy that if, if Auburn's going to be what Auburn can be, he can't just be a guy. He's got to be the dude. He's got to be a dude.
4: Okay? A force.
5: So guys.
4: I'll go Camden Brown. i got two guys that are uh... – Second-teamers, but I I feel like they're going to get a lot of playing time. Camden Brown on offense, you talk about Keith, that big play wide receiver, uh, that red zone 50-50 guy that can go up and get the ball. Uh, I think Camden Brown provides that for Auburn. A lot of good stuff from Justin. I've I've heard him, you know, in practice and and, and insiders. I think Camden Brown – hell, he's a true freshman, and he's in the two deep, if I'm not mistaken, in the top six. So, I want to see Camden Brown, and I, I love the kid. I'm a big fan. So, definitely him. On defense, I want to see Keontae Scott. Another second teamer, but I feel like he's going to get a lot of playing time. I want to see how good he is because, man, like he said, we've heard rave reviews about this kid who's only been here for what three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he's in the two deep. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. So I want to see one. I want to see what the fuss is about with Keontae Scott. I want to see Camden Brown live up to what a lot of people think can be some high expectations for him.
2: Yeah, those are two good picks. Yeah, Scott's the backup corner. He's prob he, he might be the backup nickel. Yeah. And he's the backup punt returner. Um shows he's yeah. kind of athlete he 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 is. Um yeah, we talked to so by the way, Jason Jones, real quick, I didn't follow his recruitment. He was asked, we talked to him earlier this week, and I won't say who. He was asked to talk about how he ended up at Oregon. And he said um he said well, can you rephrase it or something like that? And the guy was like, and the person that asked him the question said, you know, what, what, what took you to Oregon? What was the journey? That, why, why did you end up going to Oregon? And he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't answer the question. He goes, you know, that's a really long answer. And I'd rather just kind of not, not talk about it. Yeah. And I didn't know, because I, I was out of the game a little bit. So I, I didn't know. What that was about, and of course Keith, you just kind of hinted at it. Whatever happened, it was just an interesting answer. He didn't really want to go in, go into it, so I don't know if yeah, it's
5: surprising. That's surprising. He's a pleasant guy to interview, man. Yes, he really is. Fun. I like him yeah. a lot. Yeah.
2: That so tells me that, that yeah, he didn't
4: want he didn't want to lie to you, but he didn't want to go through the real truth of it all. And I yeah, whatever
2: that. it was, whatever it was, yeah. Um, but seems really happy to be to be home. Um, I would go offensively. I would go, um, yeah. I want to see Dawson. I'll just to be different. I'll say Coy Moore, um, and let's let's see what he's all about. I think he's. If you just put the receivers on the table and just pick a guy, for for one season or one game right now, I might pick Coy Moore. Now, if you told me pick a guy like to start a career with Camden Brown, maybe, but um, but Koy Moore might be the best receiver right now, like all around best receiver. I'm curious to see Damn. what he does, how they use him. You know, can he get down the field? Is he a deep guy? Is he an over-the-middle guy? He's going to be used some on some jet sweeps and stuff, so he's got really good speed. So I want to see Coy Moore, like, what, what he can be for that offense. And then defensively, um, let's go let's, – I don't know. I mean, I guess Caden Bridges is a good one. I'll say Cam Riley. I just want to see a 6'5", 6'4", 230-pound linebacker playing like that. I want to see him play like his size. I want to see if that dude's, you know, wreaking havoc. If he's, if he's coming up and, and, and impossible to block. And um, is he, is he good in the pass game? Is he, is he covering running backs or tight ends? I want to see what that guy's all about because um, man, if, if he can, if he can be what at th- th- that size, if he, if he can keep developing, like how good could he be and what could he bring to a defense at that, with that ability? So we'll say Cam Riley and, and Coy Moore, for Ooh. me. Yeah, I like,
4: I like I like the Cam Riley. I've really not paid. Him. I haven't given him the respect yet. Uh, as, a a like as a recruit or as a player. I
2: mean, you know, he just yeah. We'd love to love see a
3: Carlos Dansby out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and bro. that's really like I went back and looked, and I don't. I, he's Dansby's is the only linebacker that comes to mind. When you're talking about Cam Raleigh, they've had some big guys like Josh Bonds was pretty heavy, uh, Craig Stevens was a pretty big linebacker. Yeah. Um, but 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 really, Dansby's the only comparison height and height and weight wise. It's really just Carlos in probably 2003 when he had bulked up. Um, they haven't had anybody like anybody like Cam since since then. So that'll be interesting to uh, to see. All right. I think it was the first good modcast of the season. Yeah, it went well. Keep keep sure. the dust off. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep the dust off. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll try to do this every Thursday. We'll, we'll get this on Thursday, and then of course Friday's our big, you know, war room and 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 Rob Pate column, and that's kind of mm-hmm. the day to just sort of get you hyped up. Um And Thursday we'll try to make the day that we put the modcast out just to kind of get you. Get you to the weekend. First half is real busy with football and recruiting, and then the last half is kind of some analysis and stuff like that. So we'll kind of, kind of keep going that direction. Look forward to seeing everybody at the game Saturday. Should be, should be fun just to get back out there and, and talk about football and uh, actual X and O's things happening. That'll be, it'll be a lot of fun um, against Mercer. Six o'clock SEC Network, I think. Um, full coverage on AuburnLive.com afterwards. Um, so we'll have you, we'll have you covered there. recruiting. Is it a big recruiting weekend or not? Nah,
4: a lot, probably yeah. a lot of under, underclassmen.
2: Okay. But we'll see. We'll know yeah. a lot
4: more tomorrow. Check out the war and we'll have a, a better idea. What's going okay. on. But no, I don't expect a big 2023 weekend.
2: Yeah. that All I guess Penn state will kind of be kicking off the season in that regard. Probably. with yeah. kids. Yeah.
4: A couple of guys next week for San Jose state. Jamar Harkness is coming in for an official visit. Maybe have another one added soon. Uh, But another one, it's kind of on the upper trajectory. Mercer's going to be kind of flat. San Jose State's going to be a little better, and then Penn State's going to be a blowout.
2: Yeah, makes sense. All right, make sure you check it out, auburnlive.com. Free week trial, Mm -hmm. as always. Um, Come join the community, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. See ya.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to Fanduel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
1: tennessee virginia and vermont call 1-800 next step or text next step to 53342 in arizona one 1-8- 888 or visit ccpg.org chat in connecticut 1-800-9 with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ks gambling help